Kamala Harris has been chosen to be the vice presidential running mate for Joe Biden in this 2020 election cycle. And I'm sure most of you have already heard by now because the internet can't stop laughing. But this choice may be a gift to Donald Trump of a massive 49 state landslide. Now, you're probably saying, Tim, by what metric could you even possibly predict Trump getting a 49 state landslide? And it's actually a good point. There's no real hard data. What I'm actually talking about is the weird ways in which history seems to be repeating itself in just maybe a few ways. But to be fair, progressives, liberals, conservatives, everybody is ragging on Kamala Harris. The memes don't stop. It is fun and funny. Even liberals are now saying they're shocked by this choice and they have no choice but to now choose Donald Trump and they didn't want to do it. I think Kamala Harris was an awful, awful choice for the VP. But because of the choice of a female running mate, we're seeing a lot of stories pop up, notably things like this from Star Tribune. Recalling the first time a presidential candidate's running mate was a woman. You may have heard about this story. It talks about Mondale Ferrero. That's right. It was a 1984 election. Walter Mondale had chosen Geraldine Ferrero and they lost 49 states. You may have heard about the story when Hillary Clinton ragged on them because previously the story read that it was the last, you know, it was the, the, the first time or it's been 36 years since a, a man ran with a woman or something like that. And she was like, excuse me, because Hillary Clinton was the nominee last time. Anyway, the point is Ronald Reagan ran for reelection in 1984 against Mondale Ferrero. 36 years since the Democrats chose a female candidate and he mopped the floor with them. 49 state landslide. And what was Ronald Reagan's campaign slogan? Why it was make America great again. Donald Trump understood this. It's why he used it. Of course, Bill Clinton had used, had used it as well. But there's other weird historical parallels and this time more recent history. 538 is giving Donald Trump the same chances to win as they gave him last time. And they're giving Joe Biden the same chances of winning they gave Hillary Clinton. I swear it seems like we are trapped in this time loop and it's all going to happen all over again. Now, of course, if 2016 repeats itself, Trump will have a narrow victory and the Democrats will freak out. But if this is more like Ronald Reagan's reelection, considering the chaos, the riots, the looting, COVID, all of this stuff, it may look more like either Richard Nixon's reelection or it could look like Ronald Reagan's where Donald Trump gets a 49 state landslide. I'll tell you what, man, I've had a lot of people I know for a long time tell me, and these are these are hardcore Democrats their whole lives. They have flipped straight Republican. And you know why? For the most part, it has to do with the rioting. Now, Kamala Harris is has just they just cut off all the progressives. You'll see news articles. They're saying things like, Centrists and progressives are rallying around Kamala and, and Biden. And, and that may be true. It's also fair to say, though, many centrists and progressives are campaigning or rallying against her. I even have a tweet I want to show you where somebody begrudgingly says that they're shocked. They've been you know, voting blue no matter who. They, and now they have no choice. They must vote for Donald Trump. But before we get into all this and I show you the data, which suggests maybe Trump will really win, as well as the prediction from somebody who called Donald Trump's election the first time, he's saying Trump's going to win. We, I want to go through the, the, the historical parallels, which I find quite humorous. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do is subscribe to this channel. I know about half the people who watch aren't actually subscribed. So just below the video player, you'll see a little red subscribe button. Give that a little tap or a click of the mouse. And now you are more likely to see my videos come in your feed. 
If you want to make sure you get notifications every time my video comes up, hit that bell and then also hit that like button. And then hopefully every day at four, my videos go live. YouTube will let you know. Let's read the story here just a little bit from the Star Tribune to give you a little primer into the 1984 election. They say, recalling the first time a presidential candidate's running mate was a woman and wondering to what degree the environment has really changed by Maureen Dowd. They say on the cusp of Joe Biden teaming up with a woman, we now know he has, I am casting back to my time covering the first woman who was a serious contender for vice president, the feminist fairy tale, which began with women crying and popping champagne on the convention floor in San Francisco in 1984, had a sad ending, Cinderella with ashes in her mouth. It's hard to fathom, but it took another 36 years for a man to choose to put a woman on the Democratic ticket with him. To use Geraldine Ferrero's favorite expression, give me a break. Well, they did. They gave you a break. You didn't have to work after this because you lost. I bring you now to the 1984 U.S. presidential election, which was Mondale Ferrero. They want to draw that parallel. I have no problem highlighting the same parallels. Check it out. They say this. At 73, Reagan was the oldest person to ever be nominated by a major party for president, a record which stood until the 2020 election, in which both major party candidates are older. Joe Biden is 77 and Donald Trump is 74. Now, to be fair, Biden is the older candidate in this regard. Back then, it was Ronald Reagan. But Donald Trump, it's my understanding, was the oldest person to assume the presidency in 2016. So perhaps Donald Trump is, we're seeing a parallel between his campaign and Reagan's. And of course, we know that Donald Trump uses the slogan, make America great again. Well, check it out. In 1980, Reagan's slogan was, let's make America great again. It was used by Reagan, Clinton, and Trump. Of course, Clinton had nothing good to say about Trump's usage of it. It's a very, very interesting parallel. Check this out. Many people might not be aware of this. I think Trump chose Make America Great Again specifically because he wanted to make people feel like what Reagan was. You know, he wanted, he wanted, people, he wanted to remind people of the Reagan era, maybe older generations. The interesting thing is, and I, and I could be wrong. Look, I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't alive when this happened, mind you. But there were a lot of Democrats, Reagan Democrats, people who had normally voted Democrats switched to the Republican Party. Is it possible we see something similar happen now? I really do think that's the case. I know it's silly to try and claim Trump's going to landslide simply because there are interesting parallels. But let me get to the data points for you because I got data. What if I were to tell you the media is actually saying Biden is going to step aside or Kamala is going to lead the nation because everybody already expects that Biden's not capable of doing the job, which says to me, now that is a very important cultural point to suggest people aren't going to support this guy. Check this out. Let's make America great again. It was first used by Reagan's 1980 presidential campaign. At the time, the U.S. was suffering from a worsening economy at home marked by stagflation and Reagan using the country's economic distress as a springboard for his campaign use the slogan to stir a sense of patriotism among the electorate. Well, you know, it worked. Bill Clinton used it. Donald Trump used it. Bill Clinton criticized Donald Trump. I just wanted to let you know a little bit about Reagan. I don't think it's that important to get into, you know, we all know how Trump says make America great again. Well, let's take a dive to the latest news from 538. This is from this morning. They say it's way too soon to count Trump out. They're saying this because they probably realize how shockingly absurd it is to claim Trump has a has wins 29 in 100 and Biden wins 71 in 100. Now, now hold on. Why couldn't they have said Trump has a 29 percent chance of winning and Biden has a 71 percent chance of winning? 
Could it be because that's literally what they said last time? Here's what they here, here, here's the article from November 8th, 2016. Final election update. There are there's a wide range of outcomes and most of them come up Clinton. You see, at the time they didn't say don't at, at the time they said it's coming up Clinton. Today, they're saying don't count Trump out yet because they know exactly what happened when they made the same prediction. Check it out. Donald Trump, 28.6. Hillary Clinton, 71.4. Now, to be fair, it's not necessarily it's the chance of winning. Okay, so maybe they're trying to make a different point, but it sounds basically the same thing. You run it 100 ways. Donald Trump is you round up. He's got 29 out of 100 and Hillary Clinton at 71. I can't believe they are saying the same thing. How many videos have I done now where I said this feels like 2016 all over again? Quite a bit. You may have seen the video I did on this. There was a study released from uh, University of Illinois where they said that I, 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 they said that they found the beltway bubble of political reporters in D.C. was getting smaller. My understanding is I don't know it pulled up. So, so fact check me on this one that they expected it to be better, you know, less in, in, insular, less isolated. In fact, journalists in D.C. are worse than they have ever been. Just listening to themselves prattle on and it's an echo chamber. But it's an echo chamber that's getting smaller and smaller. And here we go. They've already admitted they don't know how to poll Trump's base. This is the best they can do. I really do believe that 538, you know, uh, Nate Silver, I think I think they're being honest to the best of their capabilities and their capabilities are completely inadequate. That's what it feels like. Here's what they're saying. 538 says Joe Biden currently has a robust lead in the polls. If the election were held today, He might even win in a landslide, really, carrying not only traditional swing states such as Florida and Pennsylvania, but potentially adding new states such as Georgia and Texas to the Democratic coalition. But the election is not being held today. While the polls have been stable so far this year, it's still only August. The debates and the conventions have yet to occur. Biden only named his running mate yesterday, and the campaign is being conducted amidst a pandemic, the likes of which the U.S. has not seen in more than 100 years which is also causing an unprecedented and, and volatile economy. Nor has it been that uncommon historically for polls to shift fairly radically from mid-August until Election Day. Furthermore, there are some reasons to think this election will tighten and President Trump is likely to have an advantage in a close election because of the Electoral College. That, in a nutshell, is why the 538 presidential election forecast, which we launched today, still has Trump with a 29% chance of winning the Electoral College, despite his current deficit in the polls. This is considerably higher than some other forecasts, which put, which put Trump's, Trump's chances around 10%. Biden's chances are 71% in the 538 forecast. Conversely, I'm sorry, I, I don't believe it. I really don't. Not when they named Kamala Harris. Absolutely not. Now, I will make some very important and fair points. There is a fear the riots are helping Donald Trump. And I believe that is a fair and accurate assessment. Poll after poll shows people don't like defund the police. They want the police in their neighborhood. They do not like the rioting. And Black Lives Matter support has been going down and opposition has been going up ever since these riots started escalating. Recently, we saw in Chicago, rioters and looters came out and Black Lives Matter, the official chapter in Chicago, defended them and defended their right to loot your property. I do not believe regular Americans look at this and think, gee, that's great. I like this. They want law and order. So to be fair, Kamala Harris is, as some would uh, describe it, tough on crime or, or, or I mean, you know what? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't describe it that way. I'll explain. 
But Kamala Harris is seen as very tough on crime. Now, I don't view Kamala that way. I view her as more of a despotic lunatic. You know, she her office kept people in prison longer than they should have been for cheap labor to fight wildfires. She advocated for withholding DNA evidence that could have exonerated somebody. There's a lot of things she's done. She mocked a homeless parent who with with laughing because they faced jail time over their child's truancy. These are callous, callous behaviors, man. And, and, and it's not tough on crime. OK, tough on crime would be some would be saying something like if we can prove beyond a reasonable doubt you did something wrong, you will be punished. What's happening now across the country is not tough on crime. Local district attorneys, they're releasing people up in Portland. They've announced even if someone assaults an officer, they're going to cut them loose. That is not an exaggeration. They straight up said it. So I think what the Democrats are trying to go for is they're trying to pull as much support from Trump as possible. That's why Joe Biden's been saying, build back better by American. And they brought on Kamala Harris. They know she isn't popular with the far left, but they know that many establishment leftists will just fall in line because they weren't really progressive to begin with. Kamala then gives them an opportunity to say, yeah, they chose cop Mala, you know, Harris. They chose the tough on law, you know, on crime. Take that Trump. What's Trump going to say? Actually, it's kind of simple. Trump can come out in favor of law and order, but easily point to the horrifying things her office did. Trump can say, listen, you know, we want to get rioters off the streets and protect your business. We don't want to lock up people past their sentences or prevent parole so they can be forced into labor. That's beyond what any sane person should ever accept. Of course, she'll blame her office for that. But regardless, the buck stops with her. Well, we have this. Gundlach, who called Trump's 2016 election, predicts he'll win again. Billionaire bond investor Jeffrey Gundlach, accurately predicted in 2016 Trump would win, says, my base case is actually that Donald Trump will win re-election. He said this during a Q&A on a webcast for his firm Double Line Capital's closed end funds on Tuesday afternoon. The 60-year-old billionaire said he'd bet against former Vice President Joe Biden defeating Trump in the polls. He said, I think the polls are very, very squishy right now because of the highly toxic political environment in which we live. Gundlach said, Gundlach said he'd come across data suggesting that about two thirds of conservatives or moderate conservatives say they have lied about their support for Donald Trump, either directly or by omission. It's true. I mean, the Cato Institute says 62 percent of this country is scared to express their opinions. I've spoken with many high profile individuals in Hollywood and I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I wish I could tell you their names, but to protect their privacy and their lives there. Uh, and I, I mean, fiscally, not like their threat with violence, although it's possible. These are people who are concerned that if they came out and said they supported Trump, they would lose their jobs. They would be cut off from, you know, movies, gigs, music events, all these things. They would people would just say no way. And it's not necessarily because everyone hates Trump. It's because other people are scared of being canceled too. think about it. I tried hosting an event in the Philadelphia area in where I live, and it included many speakers. They came after the entire event. They threatened the venue with violence, all because of a couple of the speakers. So you do have a lot of people, I believe Gunleck is correct, who are scared to admit it, but will go and vote for Donald Trump. And most people believe this. They call it the secret Trump voter. Well, Donald Trump believes he still has the law and, law and order, you know, he still has the law and order candidacy. He doesn't come uh, Kamala Harris isn't taking it from him. He said the suburban housewife will be voting for me. They want safety and are thrilled that I ended the long running program where low income housing would invade their neighborhood. Biden would reinstall it in a bigger form with Cory Booker in charge. Now, I don't know about Cory Booker, but I'll tell you this. 
Biden will absolutely reinstate this program. They want to send metro like trains and, and buses and stuff into the suburbs, and they want to build low income housing in suburban areas. It's an urbanization plan. Donald Trump said no, shut it down. It was part of the Obama administration. So I believe he's fair in saying this. And that is a good reason to suggest, yes, suburban housewives may now be all in for Donald Trump. Take a look at this tweet from David Silverman. Man, I feel bad for David. He says, I'm upset. I'm literally thinking of voting red right now. Me, David Silverman. I used to say I'm so blue, I make the sky look red. I haven't changed. The left has. And here I sit contemplating the pee grabbing crook because cops and due process and free speech WTF. Michael Trollin says, I'm right here with you. If you value due process, free speech, not discriminating by skin color or gender, standing up for the rights of every individual and many more along those lines, the far left should be horrifying right now. And David said, it's an S show, Michael. It's like they want me to vote orange. What will it take, Dave? Defunding the police to dismantle an undefined systemic racism? The scientific method is white. Believe all women. Two plus two is less or greater than four. What world is this? What left is this? I highlighted this post in an earlier segment on my other channel over at TimCast, uh, youtube.com slash TimCastNews. I highlighted it again because it's one of the most important posts. Very few people are confident enough to express exactly this. But I've had people texting me images of this. And it's been, in my opinion, it's kind of funny. I'm having people send me messages of this tweet. And they're saying basically they feel the same way. Kamala Harris was a horrible choice. Joe Biden is not viable. He can't think properly. He can't talk properly. And now he chose someone as unlikable as Hillary Clinton. And that's all it took. You see, early on, people were shocked to find that Bernie Sanders lost in Michigan to, to, uh, to Joe Biden because Bernie Sanders won Michigan against Hillary Clinton. It turns out people really, really hated Hillary Clinton. And so they rather vote, you know, they voted for, for Bernie Sanders. Now, with Biden versus Trump, people are saying without that, you know, hatred for Hillary, Biden might actually win these swing states. So the Democrats decided to do the best thing they could to guarantee their defeat. And they chose Kamala Harris, which says to me, this post, these these things, that's it's like the last ingredient Trump needed to get that landslide or maybe narrow victory. All right. Well, let's move on to the media on this one. What have I told you? The media was arguing or it was being it was being floated by at least a couple outlets that Kamala Harris is the real frontrunner. First, from CNN, Joe Biden made the pick that maximized his chances of continuing to make the race a straight referendum on Trump, while also selecting someone whose resume suggests being ready to step in if and when Biden decides to step aside. (laughs) What do you mean he decides to step aside? Trump's not going to step aside. Clinton wasn't going to step aside. Step aside, the VP is supposed to assume the office when the unthinkable happens, not when they decide to retire midterm. Joe Biden's going to get elected and be like, I'm out, I'm going to bed. Give me the, the wheelchair and the blanket. Put me in the sun. Grab me a book. I'm going to read me a book. Kamala, you're in charge. Is that what's going to happen? This to me is, is, is beyond bonkers, but it's not the only thing. Take a look at this. In an NBC News article, we have this quote. You make a lot of important decisions as president. But the first one is who you select to be your vice president. I've decided that Kamala Harris is the best person to help me take this fight to Donald Trump and Mike Pence and then to lead this nation starting in January 2021. Biden wrote in an email from his campaign to supporters, a very unfortunate choice of words, Biden. What are you saying? What you're saying? And then she will lead this nation. Okay, okay, hold on. 
I want to make sure I'm getting the context prop, uh, 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 correct. It may actually be what he's saying is he's saying he's decided to take to, to he, she's the best person to help fight Trump and the best person to help him lead the nation, lead the nation. OK, that he's saying there are two jobs he needs. He needs to beat Trump and he needs help leading the nation. So he's chosen Kamala Harris. You, you, you see you see what he's trying to say. But I'm sorry. I am sick and tired of the media finish finishing the sentences of Joe Biden for him. And it is not up to us to try and figure out what he was really trying to say. There's a word in there. And then and then. And that to me makes it sound like it's a different it's a different uh, uh, clause statement. It sounds like what he's saying is I've decided that Kamala Harris is the best person to lead this nation starting in January. It depends on how you break the sentences down. Maybe the dude needed a comma hero there. But I I, got to say this, man. Joe Biden often says things, Okay. He often says things that make no sense. He stutters and stammers and ums and ahs. And then the media will write the quote as if he didn't. And I do not believe that is appropriate. If, if, if Joe Biden says he was recently asked about his, his mental and physical acuity, and he said, if, if people, you know, I'll take, you know, mental and phys- physical acuity, uh, uh, f- uh, f- he couldn't say it. He kept saying phenomena, phenomena, and then said fitness. And right there, it was like, dude, you couldn't even say mental or physical fitness. Like to me, that's shocking. But what does the media do? I'm not, I'm not saying specifically in that instance, but in many instances similar to this, they ignore the stuttering and would just put the full quote. So when people read it, they think Joe Biden is actually talking when he's not. All I know is he said this. It is being interpreted by many people to suggest he wants Kamala to lead this nation starting in January. I'll read it again. I've decided that Kamala Harris is the best person to help me take this fight to Donald Trump and Mike Pence and then to lead this nation starting in January 2021. The only way I can fairly assess this is that he really does mean she will lead this nation because he should have wrote to help me take the fight to Trump and then to help me lead this nation. He didn't say that. He said to lead this nation. What do you want me to say? It sounds like he's, he's made his point. He's, he's made his point completely. Now, Donald Trump has come out and called Kamala nasty. He's surprised that Biden chose nasty Kamala Harris because she called him essentially racist during the 2019 primary fight, then claims first black female VP candidate is his number one pick to face off against. A lot of people in media are already coming out and saying it's not true. Trump fears Kamala. She's a law and order candidate, blah, blah, blah. I I don't believe them. I believe the media is they've spent. So so look, these Beltway bubble uh, pundits and journalists spend so much time cheering for each other and patting each other on the back. They don't realize they're losing. There was an article that came out and said Trump admits it. He's losing. And then we saw Trump actually say he's expecting a major victory. So maybe Trump is lying. Whatever. Fine. I don't know. But I think these Beltway journalists are laughing at each other about how they're winning when they're not. They're not winning. Let me show you something. First, let me say this. What's the most important demographic for, for, for Democrats right now? Could it be first time and young voters? The answer would be yes. OK, maybe my, in my opinion. But progressives have been saying for a long time, that if they can get younger voters, the Democrats win. The Democrats agree. You get younger voters, you win. If the youth vote came out and voted 100% landslide Democrats. Absolutely. So you know why Donald Trump likes Kamala Harris? Yeah, because of things like this. In a tweet from Ryan James Gerdusky, it's a video of Kamala Harris saying, what do we know about 18 to 24 year olds? They are really stupid. They make really bad decisions. Wow. Okay. Many do. And I blame our education system. 
I blame, you know, our culture that doesn't teach people how to start businesses and pay taxes and run their finances and start a family and buy a home and all of these things. So I don't blame young people for being led astray by the failures of past generations. I'm lucky enough to have had good parents and have worked hard from a young age. So for me, between the ages of 18 and 24, I was actually starting a career. I was working for a bunch of different companies. My salary was going up. And eventually I began starting my own business and eventually launched this career. I was 25 at the time. I made a lot of good decisions that led up to that point. And I think it's true of a lot of young people. And I also think it's really I'm not a fan of, of, of making these blanket statements about everyone being stupid. I know, I know there's a colloquial, people can say things like, I, I quote George Carlin, think about how stupid the average person is. Now I realize half of them are stupider than that. It's a joke. I actually think a person is smart. Like the Men in Black quote, if you've seen the movie, where uh, a Jack, I, uh, I forgot the name of the actor, I can't remember his name, but he's talking to Will Smith and he says, people are stupid, but a person is smart. And I, I agree with that. I think collectively people can make really poor decisions, but it's not so much about what I think, because you know what? I'm not running for office. Kamala Harris is. She needs the youth vote. Congratulations. She thinks you're dumb. There you go, man. So look, will it be a landslide? I kind of lean towards, I feel like it's going to be, but Trump supporters, if you get complacent and you sit back and laugh and think you won because they chose cop, they, they chose cop Mala. And now all the far leftists are recoiling in, in, in disgust and throwing up in their mouths a little bit. They'll win. When you get complacent, never underestimate your opponent. Never. Fight tooth and nail as hard as you've ever fought. And the same is true for anybody. I don't care who you're voting for. Okay, if you want to vote for Biden, I disagree with you. I think Biden and Kamala are really, really bad. But I think you have to you recognize that same thing as well. If, you've made, if, if you're a progressive or a liberal and you've made it through the, one of my videos this far where I'm constantly ragging on Democrats, I, I really do appreciate it. And I will warn you as well. You might be thinking, got it in the bags. I'm seeing people on the left say, well, she's a bad choice, but we're going to win. Don't, don't, don't bet on it. Now, I think Trump's going to win. I think it'll be Donald Trump. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Many establishment news outlets will tell you that everybody is rallying around Kamala Harris. She is going to utterly destroy Mike Pence in the VP debates. But then you go take a look at the politicos on social media, and they're saying something very, very different. Now, I think it's fair to point out Social media is not necessarily real life. This may be uh, these stories we're seeing popping up. We got this one from The Hill. Centrists, progressives rally around Harris pick for VP. That's technically true, but it creates an impression, in my opinion, that they're all doing it like it's a widespread thing. When in actuality, it's probably like a small handful of establishment, you know, individuals, establishment progressives and corporate Dems. I think the reality is, the people in the Beltway, these reporters are in a tight bubble and they have no idea what's really going on because lo and behold, the left is tearing Kamala Harris to shreds, to shreds, I say. And so are conservatives. And they're using, dare I say it, the same memes. Yes, conservatives and leftists alike are sharing the cop and feel memes among many other memes. The funny thing is, I didn't think conservatives would be the ones that would actually use the anti-cop meme or, or accusing Kamala of being a cop. But I think the point is people like cops, um, conservatives like cops, right? Actually, it's fair to say most people do. Most people want police reform. Me, and, and, and that means to me, while people are like, yeah, I understand why we need police. Most people don't like abuse of power from the state. And Kamala Harris represents, represents that perfectly. 
The big question on everyone's mind is, did this just end Biden's campaign? And I would actually argue, yeah, it would. Now, of course, we're seeing the phony establishment progressive type saying, oh, I'm getting on board. I'm getting on. You know, Sean King is trending right now because he's like, Kamala Harris has evolved on these issues. So now she deserves my support. What are you talking about? She was locked. Her office was keeping people locked up for cheap labor. So they go fight wildfires in California. Like, that's insane. That's literal. I'm going to say it. I mean, that's that slavery. That's in the 13th Amendment. It says we're allowed to force people to, into labor by keeping if they're convicted of a crime. That's what our office did. And then she comes out. Oh, oh, harumph. I, I had no idea these people. Oh, oh, no. You, you know, we know exactly what's going to happen with her on the ticket. Because let's be real. Kamala Harris is the real presidential candidate. You see what they did here? Joe Biden, they, they, they go, they push up Biden in the primaries. He didn't even do that well initially. He started doing better. And then everyone endorsed him. And then he finally won. And that was because it was like nostalgia vote, I guess, call it whatever you want. Or it was like people thought it was the best shot they had. Then they slap on, you know, Kamala Harris, who was failing in the polls. And everyone knows Joe Biden is a transition candidate. And the VP will be the most powerful VP in history. And many people actually expect Joe Biden may at some point just retire. He's old and he can't talk straight, let alone function at all. Okay, okay. Let's take a look at what's going on. I want to show you what they're saying here, but I got a bunch of tweets for you that will give you a good laugh. We're going to talk. I want to show you progressives. And so there's a tweet, man, from like this liberal dude who's freaking out. He's like, no, how could they do this? How could they do this indeed? And now you've got this, these liberals. I'm telling you, man, they're saying they're going to vote for the crook, the criminal and the, uh, uh, you know, the religious guy because they have no choice at this point. The Democrats, they really did choose like the worst possible candidates. Maybe that was all they had. I tell you what, man, if they had chose, uh, if, if Biden had chosen somebody who was kind of like a no name or didn't have the public profile that Kamala Harris did, it would have, it would have been a lot harder for people to drum up this level of hate and anger and shock. Everybody knows about Kamala. She got nuked by Tulsi Gabbard on TV in the, in the debate. Everybody watched and it was, it was a, it's, it's a historical moment. So take a look at this. The Hill says that centrists and progressives rally around Harris pick for VP. Here's the point I want to make. This is true for some, but there are other people not. So it's, I don't think it's fair to frame the article as, as, as in this way. I think if they put some are rallying, others aren't, it would have been probably more apt. So they show Rashida Tlaib, who said, I fought alongside Senator Kamala Harris for direct cash payments during the pandemic and for clean water as a human right. Now let's defeat Trump and make those policies a reality. P.S. I do have to say the U.S. Senator B. Lee for Congress does sound good, too. Let me tell you, you would be bringing the establishment back into the White House and the administration. So these people, I do not believe they're progressives. They're, they're progressive Trojan horses because you look at actual progressives right now, the actual progressive pundits, and they're saying no way. I mean, I got some tweets from Cenk Uger of the Young Turks. And while he doesn't absolutely come out and say Kamala Harris is the worst possible thing ever, he does drag her and he says they're going to keep playing their games and won't give us real progressive candidates. Yes, criticizing Kamala Harris, the actual progressive lead, like the, the actual high profile progressives in this country, the thought leaders of the progressive side, they do not like this woman and they're all roasting her. Regular liberals do not like this woman. They're freaking out and they're like, I guess I have to vote for Trump. And Trump supporters are laughing, saying she just, they just handed the election to Trump. I'm going to show you the polls. Let's read. We also have Linda Sarsour. 
It's no secret that I have disagreements with both VP Joe Biden, uh, VP Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris. But I know what I need to do. Elect the Biden Harris ticket and prepare to hold them accountable in the White House. You know what the problem is? The left was happy. The far left, the leftists. Many of them thought that Joe Biden was at least malleable. You know, that, you, that you'd get him in there and, and he's not what you want, but you can push him and he'll give in. Kamala Harris isn't. I mean, kind of. She is definitely trying to pander for sure. But she's an authoritarian, despotic individual who laughs at oppressing my, like, like poor people. You know what I mean? Uh, there you go. And now we have this. This is uh, Clark Comfort, I suppose, from the uh, Biden team. And he says, and just like that, 4 to 5 p.m. this evening just became our best fundraising hour ever over at Team Joe. Obviously, this is a huge day for the campaign with Kamala Harris joining the team. And I think it's only a sign of the great things to come. Well, congratulations. Well, check this out. Gundlach says Trump will win, calls Harris too charismatic. That I find interesting. But what, what is this? Who is this guy? Jeffrey Gundlach says he thinks Donald Trump will win re-election because polls showing otherwise don't reflect the true support for the president. Will Joe Biden beat Donald Trump in November? I don't think so. Gundlach said during a webcast Tuesday, Forrest companies closed and uh, closed, closed and funds. I'd bet against that. I think the polls are very, very squishy because of the highly toxic political environment in which we live. On Biden's choice of Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate, Gundlach said she is a little too charismatic. I don't think it's a good pick. She might be a little, a little bit dominant with her personality. I was saying something like this the other night on the IRL podcast that basically Kamala Harris is... She's an, a Democratic A-lister. So, uh, well, may, maybe it's fair to say they're B-listers because they're not quite as good as the A-list. But she's still prominent and well-known. Mike Pence was not particularly well-known. Tim Kaine was not particularly well-known. They want the president to shine. Kamala Harris outshines Joe Biden. I'm not saying she's good or like her, but she is definitely more dominant than Joe Biden is. And I mean, it's really tough for Joe Biden because he can't talk straight. How's he going to actually have a campaign rally? She's going to be picking up his sentences for him. He's going to sit back and be, he's, I'll tell you what we're going to see. We're going to see these rallies where Joe Biden's effectively going to be sitting in a wheelchair with a burlap you know, blanket or something over his lap and hips with his wrists dangling and him going. And Kamala Harris is going to be running around in circles on the stage talking about her policies and pandering to whoever she thinks she needs to pander to. Joe Biden's going to be sitting there just going. And that's what we're going to see. But basically, this is it's kind of what he's saying. He says much can happen between now and Election Day. I think there's a lot of time here. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns, he said. Gundlach predicted Trump's win in 2016, has criticized Biden's electoral chances and that of other Democratic candidates. In January, he said he didn't think Biden would win the Democratic nomination. And in March, he called him unelectable. Whoa, wow. Gundlach said he expects gold to keep trading higher. Okay. (laughs) He said he wouldn't be surprised to see the market return to its March lows. Sure, whatever. I don't know if this guy is right or wrong. There's there's one guy who predicted like every, he has a forecast model, predicted every election, you know, going back to like, you know, early 1900s. And he says Trump's going to win based on the primary votes. Another dude who has another forecast model apparently says Trump is going to lose. And he predicted Trump would win. So so there you go. And now we got this guy who predicted Trump's going to win. Now saying Trump is going to uh, going to win again. I don't know what it means, man. I'll tell you this. In my personal opinion, and you, you, you can't just sit back and accept this, like think it's a, 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 an inevitability. I do think Trump's going to win at this point. I think Kamala Harris was the Democrat saying, you know what? F the progressives. Just cut them out. They were trying to pander them. They'll still try and pander on policy as a sort of, look, 
you get what you deserve, but we'll throw you a bone. And I, I think a lot of people are going to protest to vote. I bring you now to the ever so famous John King. Jeffrey Brewer says this is the grand epitome of the 2020 Democratic Party. Sean King flip flopping on Biden and, and Kamala is an exclamation point on how shallow the party is. Everything they tell people is a fraud. It's literally all a scam. Yes, it is. When I hear Donald Trump say he wants to do something, he really wants to do it. Trump wants to build a wall. Well, he's, he's trying to build a wall. He's, he's getting his wall system, his bollard fence, whatever. But he, he, he wanted to do it. He wanted to bring factories back. He, he, he's doing it. He wanted to end these, these nasty free trade deals. He really does it. You take a look at these Democrats and these progressives, these establishment types. Yes, these are the people who are endorsing Kamala Harris, the progressives they claim. And, and, and no, 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 no. The, the, the congr- you know, Rashida Tlaib. Come on. These are people who are in the establishment now. They won. Everybody ragged on AOC after she got elected and then immediately started flip flopping on a ton of issues that normally the far left actually liked. Don't get me wrong. She is far left. But they're saying these things because they're they're I think they're trying to be kind of like a wedge in the door. You know, they're far left. They'll play the political establishment game and clap and cheer for Kamala. And they're trying to hold the door open for everybody else. Sean King, this is this, 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 the famous tweet. It's going viral. He says, I'll be frank and tell you two Democrats that I am 99 percent sure I won't be supporting primarily because of their dismal history on criminal justice reform over the course of their entire careers. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They both helped build and advance mass incarceration. See, that's true. And that's one of the reasons I really do not like Biden and Harris and wouldn't want to vote for them. Trump, on the other hand, has a limited political history, but at least he pushed criminal justice reform. So, okay, I kind of like that. He wants to pull out of uh, Afghanistan. What am I supposed to say? Yeah, the orange man is bad, I guess. But compared to this, come on. Now, Sean King is like, that's it for me. I'm incredibly proud to see a brilliant black woman, an HBCU grad chosen as a vice presidential nominee. I've done political work my whole life. It's rarely things dreams are made of. Kamala Harris is the most progressive VP nominee in American history. No, she isn't. Check us out. Brianna Joy Gray, formerly of the Sanders campaign. The main opposition to Harris, as she announced her campaign, came from black and brown people from her own state who experienced her criminal justice policies firsthand. It's bogus to try to cast opposition to her as whites who just don't get representational value. Yep. People are trying to claim that because Kamala Harris is a black woman, that minority communities are all cheering. Brianna Joy Gray is saying, no, that, that's not true. She, she mocked and laughed as she locked people up for things like smoking mar- for, for marijuana related charges. I'm telling you, man, Trump should come out. He should, he should, there should be a review board to start unconditionally pardoning many of these nonviolent marijuana offenders at the federal level. Many, not all. That's what the review would be for, like to see who we, we need to release as many people as possible. I say not all because there could be some people who have committed a violent crime, but got, got you know, uh, pleaded down to some charge or in the past they've, you know, uh, uh, been convicted of violent crimes. It's, it's the, the point I'm trying to say is, man, Kamala Harris is not popular for this position. And most Americans at this point do, don't care. We got overcrowded prisons. This is the kind of criminal justice reform that Trump could enact that most people either don't care about or cheer for. We got some more. Brenna Joy Gray says we are in the midst of the largest protest movement in American history, the subject of which is excessive policing. And the Democratic Party chose a top cop and author of an author of the Joe Biden crime bill to save us from Trump. The contempt for the base is wow. 
And then what do we hear? We got Molly Katzen says we are in the midst of the largest extinction level emergency in American history. The Democratic Party chose a top progressive voting senator and powerful fighter to save us from Trump. Your contempt for reality is wow. I'll tell you what reality is. The left is tearing itself to shreds, to shreds, I say, because the progressives are, are, you know, you got the establishment progressives, people like Sean King, who's probably not really a progressive, and they're all fighting and bickering. The Democrats, the liberals, the left, they're, they're going after each other. Ain't nobody doing it on Trump sides. In fact, the Trump base is screaming Trump 2020 over and over again. And now you've got liberals who are saying, I, I'm, I'm now being put in this position where I have to vote for Trump. Let me see if I have this. Uh, here we go. David Silverman. He tweets that David Silverman is Mr. Atheist Pants on Twitter. Facts matter. Feelings less so. Activist for truth and humanism. Author of Fighting God. He says, I'm upset. I'm literally thinking of voting red right now. Me, David Silverman. I used to say I'm so blue. I make the sky look red. I haven't changed. The left has. And here I sit contemplating the pee grabbing crook because cops and due process and free speech WTF. And there is good old Mr. Jack Murphy saying, join us, ditch the Democrats. There are real moral and philosophical reasons to do so. Linking to his book, Democrat to Deplorable. Jack Murphy, of course, was a Democrat. He traveled the country interviewing people, wrote a book about why many people had switched for Donald Trump. We then see this. Michael Trollin says, I'm right. I'm right there with you. If you value due process, free speech, not discriminating by skin color or gender, standing up for the rights of every individual and many more along those lines, the far left and the complacent left should be horrifying right now. David Silverman says, it's an S show, Michael. It's like they want me to vote orange. What will it take, Dave? defunding the police to dismantle an undefined systemic racism. The scientific method is white. Believe all women. Two plus two is less than or greater than four. What world is this? What left is this? Yes. I tell you, man, I am right there. That's what I see happening. It was it was a combination of factors. The riots really did it. The riots. Wow. I saw these people celebrating and defending it in Chicago just the other day saying looting is reparations. It's all right. And I'm like, okay, man, when I see an an, an immigrant family having their, their, their shop in Chicago completely looted and ransacked, destroyed, and they're hugging, standing amid the rubble of what, what, what was once their life, and you defend it, that makes me angry, okay? And you know, you know what happens when I get angry? I look forward to going and saying F you with a powerful slam down on the Trump button. I do not like Trump. I've never liked Trump as a candidate. But I tell you what, this level of disdain for the American people that we are seeing from the left, for for people in general, the excuses, the lies, the power grabbing, the just insanity has made me so angry, angrier than 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 I get for a lot of reasons. I laughed in 2016 when Trump won. I didn't care. When it was Hillary versus Trump, I didn't vote. And now we are seeing something truly, truly stat, like pro- just profound. Let me, let me show you some more tweets. We got Jenk Uger over here. He says, two years ago, we said in the Young Turks that the establishment wanted Kamala Harris as president. Here we are. She's batter up. Whether she ran a good campaign, the voters wanted her or not. The establishment in the system almost always gets what they want. The band plays on. I agree with Jenk, man. You know, I think I, I, I don't understand why I can agree with, with, with the Young Turks and these progressives on how, how screwed up the establishment is, how 
I don't like Trump, but they all have Trump derangement syndrome because of the establishment. It's so simple. The media is lying to you about almost everything Trump does. You can say something like, here's what I don't like about Trump. I've talked about a lot of things that I've been critical. You know, I've been critical about Trump in a lot of different ways. I personally don't like him. I would not. I'm not the kind of person who likes voting against somebody. But I'll tell you this. Trump is still America. That's all I can see. More importantly, the Obama administration was horrible and they did many things that shocked my conscience with foreign policy and domestic policy policy. Look at Black Lives Matter started under the Obama administration. Flint, Obama administration. Okay, Flint water crisis, foreign policy, all these disasters. And now you want me to bring that back? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Now, now, the other reason I'm, I'm upset, you know, the progressives offer up just too far left. What we need is, is a, a person who will work to unite the, 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 the left and the right populists of this country with real policy proposals, with a real, with a real personality, just authentic behavior, and just someone who really means it. Trump is as close as we get. Yeah, Trump, the potty mouth, you know, cheated on his wife, kids with, you know, all of these things that are, in my opinion, not becoming of the office of the president. But listen, I, I, I'm standing here alongside people who really, really like the president. And I'm saying, I, I, I concede. Look, I can, I, I can tell you, I have no problem talking about the things I don't like about Trump. But I tell you this, he's actually working on things he wants. He wants to make the country better. The country was improving in a lot of ways. He wants to pull out of Afghanistan. I'm like, wow, okay, well, there you go. That's that's kind of big for me. And so I'll say, I say, you know what? Trump is bad. He's not that bad. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm at the point where Biden and Kamala are just like the worst, the worst. Bring back the Obama administration and slap on a despot on top of it. <laughs> Obama was bad enough. We don't need cop Mala. I look at the criticisms of Kamala Harris from the left. She's 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 a cop. She's an authoritarian despotic, locking people up. And I think it's fair to point out a lot of conservatives have similar complaints because of the, you know, liberty, freedom, things like that, libertarianism. But Kamala also is very pro-death penalty. I know there's many conservatives who are in favor of this. I'm personally not. So I look at Kamala like, why would they do this? So you know what? I have no problem being completely honest and saying, if the election were held today, I'd be hitting that button for Trump. In all likelihood, pending any major changes, that's probably what's going to happen come November. Send in my mail-in ballot, whatever I have to do. I have no idea. It's, the system's all completely broken. Jenk says, now every Republican is calling Biden and Harris radicals. They're saying they are beholden to, to the progressive wing of the party, which makes them socialists. Okay, remind me why we shouldn't have picked a real progressive. Oh, right. The media told you that they'd be called socialists. I, I actually I actually agree to, to an extent with uh, with Jake on this one. We are seeing a lot of conservatives and people on the right call Kamala and Biden beholden to the far left. They technically are from a conservative standpoint. This is what I think Jenk needs to understand. From the right, Biden and Kamala are adopting progressive policy. But to the actual progressives, they're not adopting enough. They're just walking slightly away from the moderates to try and latch onto the far left. It ain't going to work. So let's let's do this because this is, this is a little bit of a long segment. I got I got to keep it short. I have this post from someone I know, another leftist on, on Facebook saying Democrats being Democrats at a time of peak anti-police sentiment, they pick Cop Mala as potentially the most important VP in history. I think Trump is still likely to lose, but still, it's like they aren't even trying to win. OK, well, is he going to lose? Maybe, maybe not. We have 538. What they're saying right now is that Biden is favored to win. 
Trump wins 29 and 100. Biden wins 79 and 100. And I think that's wrong. I think it's wrong. Or, or maybe it's right. Maybe it's right. Maybe the real issue is that 29 and 100 is, is how he wins. Here's what, they, what, what pe- everyone needs to realize. And I'll wrap it up with this. The polls were wrong. Okay, the polls were wrong in 2015 and 16. We know that it's because the journalists are in a bubble. It's true. We also know the pollsters have trouble reaching Trump's actual voter base. I've never been polled, for instance. Non-college educated white people are hard to reach. And there are many other former liberals and, and, and younger people who are not being reached. You know, they're not reaching out to. And so the polls are skewed. They admit this. They admit their struggle with this. Take a look at this story, though. Centrists and progressives rally around Harris pick for VP. Sure. What? A couple of them. They show me what? Two or three tweets, three tweets, a couple establishment progressives and someone from Joe Biden's campaign. The Beltway bubble, man. These people in D.C. think they know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. I think Trump is going to win. And I think that shows us exactly what's going on. Because you go on Twitter, man, you look at what what the actual progressives, the Democratic socialists are saying, and they're saying, F that. No way. No cop mala. We'll see how it plays out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. They have given you no choice, small business owner. Shut down and go out of business, or we will shut you down and put you out of business. That's the name of the game. Atlas Jim has had its business license revoked finally. In a vote of five to one, council revokes license of New Jersey Jim, whose owners defied coronavirus order. Well, I tell you this, the owners are refusing to back down, even with the threat of imprisonment. Crazy stuff. But the dude, this is uh, Ian Smith. He posted a clip from the Wolf of Wall Street where Leonardo DiCaprio is yelling, I'm not going anywhere. I am. They're going to have to call the National Guard. Drag me out. It's a very, very funny clip. And he says, after 24 criminal citations, two arrests, loss of business license, barricaded doors, $15,000 daily fines, and threat of imprisonment, he says, we are not going anywhere. He said, no science, no shutdown, end of story. Things are getting crazy, man. I know they've been crazy already, but it's like, I, I, can't, I can't even predict how, how much crazier will actually go beyond this, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it, man. I got a bunch for you, man. How about this one? DNR tells employees to wear masks during Zoom calls, even when they are alone at home. That's the Department of Natural Resources. That's right. If you're going to be in a, a phone call from your house by yourself, you got to wear a mask. <laughs> what? You know what? You know what's crazy is that I heard they've been saying things like you should wear masks at home. Then we heard Fauci say things like goggles will probably be necessary at some point or something like that. Now they're saying even when you're by yourself in your house, you know, it's, it's, look, I get it when they were like, look, even in your home, you should wear a mask. The idea being that you can still spread it to other people. And if you go out, I think it's ridiculous. We're supposed to be sp- slowing the spread, flattening the curve, but we're well beyond whatever that is at this point. I tell you this, whenever I do segments like this, you got to follow the law. You got you to gotta listen to your doctors. But I will tell you how, how insane things are getting when it seems like we're dealing with mass hysteria. And because the media and social media will ban anyone who actually talks about it out of fear, the hysteria is becoming uncontrollable. Telling people to, are you kidding? I'll tell you what, it gets worse. Look at this. Nashville City Councilman recommends attempted murder charges for some not wearing masks. My friends, we are dealing with mass hysteria. 
I am not saying, okay, that you shouldn't wear a mask. No, no, no. By all means, you should wear a mask. I absolutely wear a mask. I got a really cool mask. Somebody made me one. It's got a little beanie on. It's great. But when you go outside, you know, when you want to be careful, but come on, man, how much further is it going to go when you say, even when you're at home by yourself, wear a mask? Now, come on. That is not medical advice from any medical professional. That's why I'm like, this is crazy, right? I'll tell you this. You talk to your doctor. You know, you, you, you take personal advice from your doctor. And I, I do think it's important to follow the law. But we've got to, we, have, we have to have serious questions about what the law actually is when we're being told, at least in Nashville, they're, they're going to recommend attempted murder charges for, we- for not wearing masks. Now, I think most people recognize that's getting a little bit crazy, right? Now, we have this story. This is why I th- I th- this, this is the challenge in talking about this. Florida sheriff bans deputies from wearing face masks, report says. So what's the law? I don't even know. There's no public announcement for me where I live that's easily accessible that says what you're supposed to do with masks. For the most part, I know because I've gone to a shop and they put up signs, right? But what about in the home? What about when you're by yourself? This is where things are getting confusing and hysterical. I think it's fine to wear a mask, but come on, man. Let's talk about what's going on with Adelis Jen. That's, that's the real, and then we'll talk about this, this attempted murder mask stuff. The Hill reports a borough council in New Jersey on Tuesday voted to rescind the business license of a gym that has repeatedly refused to comply with state closures aimed at slowing the spread of coronavirus. Is that a joke? The curve's been flat for quite some time. I don't know what else they expect. We've, it was 15 days to slow the spread, not six months. But sure, fine, I guess, man. The Belmar Council voted five to one to rescind the mercantile license of Atlas Gym in an hour long hearing. Howard Long, the borough's attorney, provided the council with details about nine citations issued against the gym and co-owners Ian Smith and Frank Trombetti, Trombetti, who were arrested for defying a state executive order to keep the gym closed. That's really interesting. They complain about Donald Trump's executive orders. But what about these? Since when was any of this constitutional? I don't know, man. I don't know. If you believe this business is unsafe, your residents of Belmar and you believe uh, for your uh, to your residents of Belmar and you believe the laws have been violated, Long said, you have the right to revoke this license. Smith's attorney, John McCann, brushed off the information presented as goofy and obnoxious. Anybody who didn't already have their minds made up would have made the right choice, Smith said outside of the hearing. Smith and Trombetti have accused New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy of violating their constitutional rights with coronavirus related safety protocols. We all have the right to make a living. We all have the right to actually do what we want to do as Americans. We are promised liberty. And they have actually put such oppressive restrictions on us that it's unacceptable to us. Trombetti said during a heated exchange with CNN's Chris Cuomo earlier this month. Here's the gist of it. If they remain shut down, they go out of business. They tried to reopen. They go out of business. So what, what's, what's your choice? They've argued the 14th Amendment, which my, my understanding is it's equality under the law. There's an interesting point to be made. The government doesn't have the right to determine what is or isn't essential. They, they don't. I mean, I got to be honest. I think exercise might be essential. They say there are, there are comorbidities. There are risk factors for COVID. And one of the important things you can do is be healthy and fit. So why shut down a gym? I don't think we're dealing with science. And that's the challenge. One of the things that the, one of the, uh, the founder, Ian, uh, had said, show us the science. And he said uh, something to the effect, I don't want to misquote him, but like they'll gladly, they'll gladly walk away if the science proves what they're doing is wrong. But they've taken all of the proper steps to mitigate the risk. And in the, in the order shutting them down, nowhere do they mention why they're actually shutting them down related to COVID. 
in, in terms of what is the science that suggests their business needs to be shut down. Apparently, they don't have one. I can't tell you what the point of this is. All I know is we're getting to a point where it feels like there is hysterical fear over what's going on. I'm sorry. Look at this. Wearing a mask when you're home by yourself. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who are you going to spread COVID to at home by yourself? I guess the only real reason they're saying this then is to create the perception that we're all wearing masks. I mean, I guess that's fine. Kind of weird. Things are getting creepy. Look at this. Natural Resources Secretary Preston Cole reminded employees in a July 31st email that Governor Tony Evers mask order was going into effect the next day. That means every DNR employee must wear a mask while in a DNR facility, noted Cole. Also, wear your mask even if you are home to participate in a virtual meeting that involves being seen, such as on Zoom or another video conferencing platform by non-DNR staff. Set the safety example, which shows you as a DNR public service employee care about the safety and health of others. I understand that. But what they're basically saying is not that they want to be honest, authentic and practical. They want to pretend. Come on, man. This is not how you encourage people to do the right thing. Listen, I think the whole mask argument is silly. Wear a mask where it makes sense. You know what I mean? They say where I'm in New Jersey, if you're going out into parks and public areas, you wear a mask. And I say to that, if that is your mandate for the parks and public areas, then what about the protests? Why are you supporting them? They say, well, they're wearing masks. Okay, fine. Look, man, I don't care. I really don't. I got no problem wearing a mask. Okay. It, it cost me a buck. I, went, I was at, a, I was at a, a bodega down the street. They had a big stack of masks, it was a dollar. And I said, sure, I'll take one. I got no problem wearing it. And I think actually, whatever, man, you know what? I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this. I'm actually, I actually really like the mask. And you know why? I was talking about the, the practical mask usage, thinking, could we actually eradicate, like, I don't know, the common cold? Not, I, I know not obviously, but several strains of it. Could we actually reduce a ton of these, you know, common, annoying illnesses because we're wearing masks? If this is going to catch the saliva droplets in your, in your breath when you speak and all that stuff, which, could help, which helps prevent COVID, that I get. What about all the other viruses and bacterial infections? There might actually be a net positive that in the end we get rid of a sum of these other, uh, you know, common illnesses. Hey, that sounds fine. So, you know what, man? I walk around. I put on my mask. I, I understand there's a lot of there's, there's like a video of a dude in a store yelling at people and calling them names because they are wearing masks. And that to me is too much. I'll, I'll put it this way. If you don't want to do it, what am I going to say? You know, it's a free country, right? I do think, however, a private business has the right to tell people we don't want you coming in if you're not wearing masks. The same as they say, we don't want you coming in if you're not wearing a shirt or shoes. You know what I mean? Now, my understanding is a lot of these big box stores have so far said they will no longer enforce mask usage. Not every single one of them, but a lot of them. The reason being, they have no legal right to actually challenge people who might have medical exemptions. And this is where things start getting crazy, right? Listen, I'll say it for the millionth time. Just follow your doctor's instructions, okay? We're, we're, we're trying to do the right thing, I suppose. But more importantly, I think one of the big issues for people on the right who don't want to wear masks is this is being used against you and regular people are concerned about COVID. Donald Trump does well in the polls when he discusses what he's doing to mitigate this because people really care about what's going on with this. So if you go out and you don't wear a mask, and you see these videos of people with the FTBA badge or whatever, free to breathe association or something, or the guy who's screaming at people, 
that makes regular people who don't know what's going on think of, you know, Trump and Trump supporters in a bad way. So that's all I can really say, man. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying personally, I'm going to wear a mask. You know what I mean? But I also think you need to recognize the people who don't pay attention to politics. They don't. All they know is they're worried about this. They want the president to come out and let them know it's going to be okay and it's going to be safe. If the president's supporters are going around refusing to wear masks, there's going to be a lot of normies who are like, man, that's crazy. So that's why I tell people, look, for me, not a big deal. But I recognize this, man. We live in a, a what's supposed to be a constitutional republic uh, with democratic institutions for our electoral process as it pertains to our representatives. Some places have referendums, which are more, more akin to direct democracy. And so, you know, I see somebody without a mask. I say, I'm going to mind my own business. I wash my hands. When I go to the store, when I go to the Walmart, I take the, the antibacterial stuff. I wash my hands. I wash everything off. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm, I got to be honest. I'm not super worried about, about COVID. I really, really, I was, I was a lot more worried early on. I think where we're at right now, we actually, we've slowed, we've slowed the spread. We've done a really, really great job, but I have no problem, you know, keeping things clean and doing this, whatever. So I think we're doing a great job, but this is where things get freaky. Check this out. Nashville city councilwoman recommends attempted murder charges for some not wearing masks saying this is from the Washington examiner, Sharon Hurt, an at-large councilwoman of the National Metro, uh, Nash, Nashville Metro Council joined an August 5th meeting between public safety, beer, and regulated beverages and health, hospital, and social services committees. Quote, my question goes back to legislation, but my concern is, you know, I work for an organization that if they pass a, vi- if they pass a virus, then they are tried for murder or attempted murder if they are not told. And this person who may, may very well pass this virus that's out in, their, in the air because they're not wearing a mask is basically doing the same thing to someone who contracts it and dies from it. It seems to me that we have been more reactive as opposed to proactive and a little too late too little. So my thing is, maybe there should be legislation, stronger legislation. I don't know if Mike Jameson is, can speak to it, but maybe there needs to be stronger legislation to say that if you do not wear a mask and you subject exposure of this virus to someone else, then there will be some stronger penalty as it is in other viruses that are exposed. So is she directly saying attempted murder? She recommends similar charges, to put it mildly. They say in the title, but the director of legislative affairs for the mayor's office, Mike Jameson, responded by saying that the city council does not have the authority to create criminal legislation. The council does not have the, the, the opportunity to, uh, on its own to create criminal legislation. That is a state creature. We're warranted by state law to apply criminal application to violations. Just for example, as the state law allows us to apply a class E misdemeanor to violate a health director violation. But in terms of creating a new code or class of criminal offenses, that is a creature of state law. I was afraid that was going to be the answer, Hurt responded. I guess that's the whole point of asking for something to be done as early as the council was pushing. It seems it was not taken as seriously as it should have been. And thus, we are in the situation we are in right now. I think people are becoming hysterical. I really do, man. I really, really do. We have science. We have Dr. Harvey Risch. We have a bunch of doctors. We have debate. And what you need to understand about science, and one of the arguments made by the left is that science changes. Early on, they said, don't wear masks. Now they're saying wear masks. So I recognize things could absolutely change. For the time being, I, I, I love it. I defer to, uh, I think it was Bill Burr on the Rogan podcast who said, 
I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you, Joe, who doesn't have a medical degree. And, and you know, from, from me, who doesn't have a medical degree about whether or not we should or should be doing, doing any of these things. I turn on the news. I look at what they're saying. We wearing a mask. OK, we're going to wear masks today. That's listen, I know there's political political debates around this. I will I will I will tr- I try to be as reasonable as I can. And I, I know I'm not perfect. But I'll tell you this. It's not that big a deal, in my opinion. You know, you know, I go to the store, I wear a mask. But trying to pass off attempted murder charges is hysteria. I'm going to say it. You know what? Maybe YouTube bans me for saying it, but I, it's got to be said, man. Hysteria in the sense that because they're banning videos, because they're banning conversations, because they're telling you you're not allowed to say things, the only thing we hear in the public is the negative and the scary, which is making us go crazier and crazier. This is the problem with censorship. If you have stories like this and I can't talk about it, then sooner or later, they're going to be saying, wear bubble wrap, lock yourself in the closet and hide because you're never going to escape. Listen, at first, we all agreed 15 days to slow the spread. The reason that changed is because of because of censorship, because of hysteria, because there are people arguing the economy needs to remain open. Otherwise, people will starve and we will destroy our country. They started negatively impacting shadow banning and banning people who challenge this. They've completely demonetized uh, channels for challenging this. Look, there's there's a certain level of hysteria I can't tolerate. And if that puts my channel at risk, well, then fine. So be it. But I will tell you this. Listen, masks work. Okay. In, in, and, it, and we need to be very specific about this. Early on, people were under, operating on the assumption that a mask would protect you from other people. That won't. However, masks. Uh, so so well, well, let, let me let me clarify that. If you're wearing a mask and someone else isn't, they're still coughing and spitting and talking and get you, you know, all with the germs and whatnot. So wearing the mask probably wouldn't do much. But the mask does stop you from coughing and spitting on other people. This is why it's so annoying that the news keeps flip-flopping to me. There's no reason, in my opinion, for somebody to be wearing a mask at home when they're alone, other than to create the perception that they should be wearing masks, which is nonsensical. Let's be honest and rational. When Herman Cain died, they said he refused to wear a mask and then died of COVID, as if to imply the mask is supposed to protect you from catching it. It's supposed to, it's a, it's supposed to stop you from spreading it. It's simple. When you talk, you spit. When you wear a mask, the spit gets caught. Some people take issue with this, but for the most part, I know a lot of people make, you know, political arguments. I have my line uh, uh, and people consider it to me a milquetoast fencer, but let me tell you something. We have Florida sheriff banning their deputies from wearing masks. This is the big point I bring up here with everything. Okay. YouTube, the news, whatever, they might come after me. They might argue I'm not allowed to say these things. And thus, uh, they've banned YouTube channels for talking about this stuff. Here's my argument. To the best of my understanding, we have law enforcement saying no to wearing masks. If that's the case, I don't know what I'm supposed to actually advise people. That's why I always say, just don't take my advice. Don't take Trump's advice. Talk to your doctor. Your doctor knows best for you. Okay. At this point, the whole, the whole, the whole thing to me just seems busted and broken. If I go to my local government, Florida, what should I do? They say, well, we've banned our deputies from wearing masks. Okay. Am I supposed to tell you that in Florida you're not supposed to because it's banned for the police to do so? I don't know what that means for the regular people. What, what is Fauci saying? I don't know. How does, what, what is Fauci saying? How does that relate to what you're supposed to do in your local jurisdiction? 
What if in Nashville, they're telling you you're committing a crime, violating a health directive? What if in Australia, for instance, they, they choke slam you, a woman, because she, she, you know, she had a medical exemption, wasn't wearing a mask. There is no uniform thing I can say. And that's why at this point, I'm like, fine, so be it. If they're going to nuke my channel, if I'm going to get banned, it was, it was only a matter of time. There, there have been a bunch of YouTubers who have been purged for talking about masks in the wrong way, I guess. You give me, you, you, you tell me, YouTube, send me an email. You, I, I want you to you, you email, you let me know what the policy is. Am I supposed to give you the advice of the Florida Sheriff's Department, of, of Nashville, of the DNR? Which, which is it? I can't tell you, man. We need to make sure that we are following the science. A lot of people right now are making the argument on the left that science changes. They're doing this because very early on, we got bad advice. If we had worn masks from the get-go, we really would have just slowed everything down and probably flattened the curve very easily. Maybe we wouldn't have had to have shut down the economy. Now we're at a point where they're saying everyone should wear masks. And I'm sitting here saying like, there were a bunch of conservatives who are saying you should wear masks from the get-go. I don't understand why it is why there are now people saying they don't want to wear masks. I remember a bunch of Trump supporters early on were saying, I'm getting masks. I had conservatives messaging me, messaging me saying, make sure you buy a mask before it's too late. I had people sending me masks. So I have a mask now. I'm going to wear it. But I can't tell you what the appropriate answer is. And this happens all the time on YouTube. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I very frequently have conversations with people at YouTube because I have, you know, they're people I speak with, partner managers and stuff like that. And I tell them straight up, if I, I have no idea what your rule is on this. You've posted rules. Follow the law. Follow the science. Here you go. Here's Florida. What do you want me to say? Yes or no? I don't know. Nashville says attempted murder. They're not going to pass that law, though. So what am I supposed to say? Which, which one do I pick? That's why I'll just say this. Do what you got to do in your local jurisdiction. But I'm telling you, the rules for national level social media and, and regular media are nonsensical in the sense that it doesn't make sense to have, for YouTube to have a policy that is all-encompassing when there are local jurisdictions with different rules. And I can't accommodate all of them. So what, Florida responds, you know, some journalist in Florida is going to be like, Tim Pool said something dumb. Then someone in New York to say, Tim Pool got it right. Which is it? Follow, your, follow the instructions of your doctor. They're going to tell you what's best for you and follow local health directives to the best of your abilities. You know, that's all I can really say. As for these businesses, the challenge for, for Atlas Gym is that they're not being given any real science. It's tough, man. The last thing I'll say is, we're, we're pushing the razor's edge. You know, we're, I'm dancing on the razor's edge with all of these segments. Uh, if, if there is important news that needs to come up, I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not. I got, a bigger, I got another story coming up later at 6 p.m. That's probably going to get me in trouble, too, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say what needs to be said. I'm going to report the news as it needs to be reported and give you my thoughts on it. I just hope that everybody does the right thing. And you try and make sure that what you're doing is tactful, appropriate, and, you know, um, what's the right word? I guess... There's room for compromise for everybody within within reason, and that's why I'm like, for now, we're wearing masks. That's that's my thing. You do your thing. Follow the instructions of your doctor. Do whatever, man. I, you get the point. I'm telling you this. What's going on with Atlas is nuts. I'm tr I'm I'm getting out of New Jersey as soon as I can. Hopefully, it'll be real real soon. We're setting up a new studio, and I am done done with this place because I think they've lost it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. The mayor of Washington, D.C. has ordered defund the police, the mural in the street, to be paved over. I have to wonder why that is. 
You may also notice there's a lot of thunder and rain because it's a very severe thunderstorm right now. Well, you're going to have to deal with it. I apologize. It's raining. If I could control the weather, the world would be a better place. But I can't, so I must record through it. Anyway, the D.C. mayor is getting rid of defund the police. And it's very obviously, at least in my opinion, because defund the police is extremely unpopular. And because of phrases like this and because of the rioting, people are, well, they're getting upset with the Democrats. It's helping Donald Trump. So lo and behold, Washington, D.C. decides to remove it. Let me read you the story. I got a bunch of other contexts I want to show you. Consider this an addendum to my earlier segment on Kamala Harris. The Post Millennial writes, yesterday night, construction crews arrived under orders from Muriel Bowser, the mayor of Washington, D.C., in order to pave over the portion of the mural painted at the recently inaugurated Black Lives Matter Plaza that said defund the police. The mural itself was commissioned by the city government and originally just read Black Lives Matter in big yellow letters. The next day, however, activists added defund the police next to it. Ironically, the same workers who performed the work were ordered by the mayor to refresh the paint on both the original and added slogans. It seems the mayor didn't have a problem with it the first time around. Defund the police has been one of the main points of the BLM movement nationwide. And indeed, even in other countries, recently Black Lives Matter groups have taken off all sorts, have taken on all sorts of issues as their own that go far beyond the pale of police brutality. I'll tell you why. It's because our media is one sided. Okay, you need a right to counter the left. So the conversation is, con- is, is constrained within certain boundaries. But when, the social, when social media companies and mainstream news will ban conservatives at the slightest drop of a hat, well, then the left just runs rampant without anyone saying, stop, enough, this is getting out of control. And now they've gone from first defund the police, now abolish the police. And now they're literally, they're going out, they're rioting, it's not stopping, and it is greatly benefiting Trump. You need at some point to have a conservative group, a right wing group, as they say, the eagle needs two strong wings to fly. And this is the perfect example. So long as no one will dare criticize Black Lives Matter at the national level, they will get crazier and crazier. Mayor Bowser gave an interview in which she stated in the very broad terms, in very broad terms, that public safety has to do with a lot of other things than just policing, but that she didn't plan to alter the D.C. police budget. Many online have speculated The Democratic mayor's move to pave over the defund the police mural is connected to how politically inconvenient the message is for Joe Biden, who just picked Kamala Harris, the former top cop of California, as his running mate. We have this tweet here from Mike on Twitter at Door Animated. He says, defund the police is not a slogan that is polling well for Biden. D.C. Mayor Muriel, Muriel Bowser today ordered construction crews to pave over the defund the police portion. Amazing. And guess what? It's true. From the Washington Post, few Americans want to abolish police, Gallup survey finds. This is from July 22nd, mind you. Most Americans agree that police should undergo major changes, but do not support abolishing police departments nationwide, according to a Gallup poll released Wednesday morning which found that just 15% of Americans support getting rid of the police. This falls in line with something I've been saying quite a bit. Democrats are playing catch up. They are months behind the curve. I don't get it. Well, they're bad at what they do. That's obvious. First, they tried embracing the far left. It didn't work. They tried impeaching Trump. Every single thing they did was benefiting Trump. He was raising more money. A few of the things they did worked in their favor. 
like sh- like when the media shut down Donald Trump's press events on COVID. Here we are once again. Most of us sane, rational, regular people understand we do not want to defund or abolish the police. In fact, I have data to show you quite the opposite. And you've probably seen me talk about it before. Gallup even suggests people want more police. Yet for some reason, they ignored this. They ignore it. They, they say it's not that big a deal. Oh, of course, we're in favor of reallocating certain funding and, and abolish, you know, and defunding certain programs. The police departments, around 129, according to one, one study, showed 129 different departments were being partially defunded. When nobody asked for this, the media has gone insane. And because of this, our national conversation can only go in one direction. So long as you have the left saying, no, you don't defund enough, defund more. Then the media says, wow, is that how people really feel? They move left again. It's exactly what they want. The right can't get an edge, a word in edgewise and beltway politicos are in a bubble where they keep pushing the same fake narrative about defunding the police being popular when it isn't. And lo and behold, it backfires. They said this on July 22nd. OK, defund the police has become a popular slogan at protests against police brutality after the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. In late June, most of the Minneapolis City Council voted to dismantle the city's police department. Council members said that reform attempts had failed and that the Minneapolis police had lost the public's trust after Floyd's death. The concept of eliminating police departments does not enjoy wide support across the United States, according to the survey. Abolishing the police was not a majority opinion held by any group (laughs) in the poll, including when when examined by race, age, or political affiliation. Check this out. The Gallup survey included more than 36,000 people over the age of 18 who were polled from late June to early July. Abolishing the police had the most, though still not much support among people younger than 35. 33% of young people in favor of straight up abolishing the police. That's crazy. Look at this. Democrats, 27% and black Americans, 22%. White Americans and Republicans were likely to to oppose the idea at 12% and 1% in favor. So who are the Democrats pandering to? Nobody wanted this. We can see right now they are pandering to the fringe minority. And now they're panicking because Joe Biden looks bad because Donald Trump put out an ad or somebody put out an ad that Donald Trump, I believe he posted or someone posted it saying Joe Biden wants to defund the police. Donald Trump has said Joe Biden wants to defund the police. And in an interview, Biden was asked by an activist, would you support reallocating funding from police in other areas? And he said, yes, absolutely. Now, it's important to point out Biden has talked about funding the police more in other areas. Call it whatever you want. It doesn't look good. They say the public more broadly supports other types of changes and showed very strong support for strengthening relationships between officers and the communities they police. People realize they need the police while looking for the police to be more accountable and transparent. I completely agree with this sentiment. We want a police department that is more connected to the community, that is accountable when they make mistakes. And it's a really difficult position because there, there really is, in many ways, an adversarial nature between law enforcement and regular people. It's why we have the Fifth Amendment and the right to remain silent. Regular people have a right to due process, and they, they advise you, lawyers will tell you not to talk to cops ever for any reason. Now, that is a difficult position to maintain if you're trying to have a better community connection between regular people and the police departments who are supposed to be serving their community. How do we create something 
where we feel safe and comfortable around cops when we're advised by our by the law not to talk to cops. And we are. I don't know if we can ever have a perfect system. And once you recognize that, you realize you will very likely have negative interactions with cops. They'll give you tickets and citations. They say, don't talk to them. You might get arrested. But it doesn't mean they're bad people. It means we're doing the best we can. Now, in my opinion, we've come a long way in this country. Police reform makes a lot of sense. I do not believe that we simply maintain old systems because they've worked in the past or because we've survived. Uh, I am not an ultra traditionalist or even a traditionalist for the most part. I happen to be relatively progressive. I also think it's very dumb to just light your traditions on fire overnight. Maybe not all of them, but in, in in, in this instance, abolishing or defunding the police makes no sense until you come up with alternatives and plans and you work your way to find better ways of dealing with what we would call policing. They talk about having healthcare workers deal with homelessness and people who are mentally ill. I completely agree. Okay. So what you do is you give more funding to the police to create these programs. If these responders for mental health and homelessness do a better job, then we can allocate funding from other areas to these areas and bolster them. But taking the funds away before you have a solution is just nuts. Could you imagine this? You're like, my car is really bad and I need to buy a new one. It's really tough for me to get to work because my car sucks. So I scrapped my car before buying a new one. No, that's insane. You save up, you find the car you want, you buy it, and then you scrap your junker. We're not doing that. So this is the problem we have with defund the police. And it's the problem we have with morality government. They allow these messages to backfire on themselves. And so be it. You want to defend, defund the police? Fine. Regular Americans know what they want, and they want police reform in some areas. They want police to be better funded. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. Most Americans, particularly black Americans, want police to spend the same amount of time in their area or more. So there you go, man. I can harp on this all day and night. You get it. I apologize for the fact that we are in like a tornado or something like, man, this is this this weather's crazy, but uh, nothing I can do. You know, I got to record in the storm or not record at all. And come uh, hell or high water, I am going to be recording the segments I have planned. So hopefully you made it this far. I hope you enjoyed listening to the weather in the background. Maybe it'll for those that are in the nice sunny areas, you can pretend you're in the storm, too. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. I'm looking forward to all the mainstream news articles from the New York Times, the Washington Post, complaining about the far left and their crazy conspiracy theories. Of course, it never happens. You see, the mainstream news is aligned with the left, so they overlook all of these issues. And then they write stories about QAnon and pizza and hot dogs and other stupid nonsense. And they claim that every single Trump supporter, right winger, they're all swimming in conspiracy theories and that conspiracy theories are are, are, are unique to the right. Listen, everybody has their conspiracy theories, even the left. And I got your story for you. Jamie Lee Curtis floats conspiracy theory that Trump supporters are stealing mail trucks to win the election. I kid you not. These people hate Trump so much they will believe anything. Now, listen, right now, there's the media is complaining that Donald Trump endorsed a Republican or praised her, a Republican who believes in the Q conspiracy or whatever, all this stuff. And let me tell you something. I don't blame people on the right for believing things that are not true because the media has no credibility. So who are they supposed to trust? It is the fault of these news organizations, their inability to actually tell people what's going on that results in regular people not trusting them. 
And then they're surprised they believe things from conspiracy websites. Listen, how about you do a, a, a self-reflection on your Russiagate conspiracy theories that we had to endure as insane and entertaining? It was all fake. It was all lies. No, they won't. Some will. Washington Post actually had their, their media report. I think it's Eric Wemple is his name. Did a, an analysis on the media's failures. But of course, you've got The Intercept. You've got conservatives, anti-war left. Absolutely. We're ragging on the Democrats and the mainstream news outlets for entertaining fringe conspiracy BS. So here we go, baby. Jamie Lee Curtis. What does she believe? That, that Trump supporters are stealing mail trucks. Oh, wow. A guy in a MAGA hat stole a UPS truck. Are you what? If somebody wants to steal mail, they'll go steal mail. They won't steal the whole truck. Why would you even tweet? This is ridiculous. So, okay, let's read this, but I'm going to point out again for those I didn't see the previous segment. I'm in like a tornado or something. It's like a crazy thunderstorm, so I apologize. Let's read the story. Jamie Lee Curtis is facing criticism for implying President Trump supporters are working to win the election by stealing mail trucks, not the mail, mind you, literally the trucks. I swear. She said, here's a tweet. I swear in broad daylight, the driver of this red truck had a red cap on it with white letters. Conspiracy? Outright attempt at stealing the election by denying the access of the USPS. Let's not let it happen. In the image that she has posted, there is a, a flatbed tow truck with a USPS truck. I believe these are called DJs. I'm not entirely sure. Let me, let me tell you how simple this is. The grand conspiracy. Yes, what their goal is. You're, you're, this is going to be shocking to a lot of people, but, 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 but bear with me. You see, sometimes when vehicles stop working, a group of men and women behind the scenes going, yeah, knowing they can make quick cash, send out trucks to actually take these vehicles and bring them to places where they could be fixed. And boy, do they get paid to do it. Yeah, it's not a conspiracy, but there literally is a plan to pick up vehicles that don't work. You kidding? It's, it's a mail truck. They break down. Look, OK, maybe there's, it's, it's, it's in the realm of possibility that Trump supporters are driving uh, tow trucks and stealing postal vehicles. Well, with like, is the, is the mailman like standing there putting the mail in the house and they run up and they, they the, the, the flatbed lifts up and then they push it up and the mailman's like, no, wait, stop. And like running really slowly to stop them. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But they believe this stuff. They believe crazy conspiracies because the media doesn't call them out. They say, Critics on Twitter took issue with the statement, including radio host Jason Rance, who labeled the actress insane. Jamie Lee Curtis is absolutely, ridiculously insane, just completely and utter, utterly insane, Rance tweeted. Now they'll say conservatives pounce. They won't even bring this up. You know why? Because it, 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 they would have to recognize the absurdity of what Jamie Lee Curtis is saying. Now, to be fair, Jamie Lee Curtis is saying something dumb, and I don't believe it warrants a news story. But there are many people influenced by these celebrities to believe ridiculous things like Donald Trump may have been a Russian asset. Now they're saying once again, Russia is trying to help Trump again. Shut up, man. Look, there really is foreign interference. We know that. But they act like there's this grand conspiracy, like Trump is literally a Russian agent. They spent years talking about it. And there has been no real reckoning for the lies they pushed. And they get a free pass on things like this. I hate conspiracy theories. I don't care where they come from or what they are. Show me the proof. I don't want to hear it. 
If somebody wants to speculate on something, that's fine. Okay. But if somebody wants to assert a fact without evidence, now you're going to have issues from me. They say others echoed his reaction, calling it an election conspiracy. Logan Hall says, didn't think election conspiracy, uh, conspiracy Twitter could get any dumber than the Russia hoax. Yet here we are. You know it. Here we have this woman, uh, uh, Jessica O'Donnell says, blink twice if you need help. Here we have Derek Halton. He says, see this real Steve Cox. I want to add, I used to work concrete and our red hats matched our trucks and had white letters. Funny now, funny nowadays, I would be seen as a Trump hitman encasing political nemesis in concrete tombs. There you go. Cameron Grace says, is this what eating too much Activia does to one's brain? For those that aren't familiar, Jamie Lee Curtis is the spokesperson or was for Activia yogurt. Matt Whitlock says, stealing mail trucks in broad daylight. The nerve. I can't stop laughing at this. Kamala, find that truck. Many Democrats are pushing the broader mail-in voting opportunities ahead of November's general election citing coronavirus concerns. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has been one of the most vocal Democrats to support mail-in voting, saying it's crucial for voters' health. Trump and his allies, however, have denounced mail-in voting, citing corruption and a stall in the counting final tally. So right now, do you know what the left is saying? That Trump is purposefully crippling the post office to make sure mail-in ballots don't work. That's stupid. Because if he was doing something so overt, the Democrats need only say, well, we shouldn't do mail-in voting. Instead, they give us this conspiracy. I'll tell you why the Postal Service, in my opinion, may be jammed up, facing a budget shortfall, or unable to process mail-in votes. It's called a pandemic. People can't work. There's no revenue stream. There's no coins. People aren't buying things. They're not paying rent. And the Postal Service is now being underserved, underserviced. In which case, there's no money coming in and they're facing a budget shortfall. That is jamming up the post office. But of course, the Democrats think it's a big conspiracy. And Donald Trump was like, I'm going to destroy the post office so that nobody can win. That would make it harder for him to win. Donald Trump is counting on a clean landslide, a clean victory. So there is no doubt the Democrats want the same thing. Donald Trump muddying the waters is, is, is not going to be helping him necessarily. The Democrats, it's arguably the same thing, unless both sides think they're really going to lose, then they would do this. I don't think that's the case. I think Trump and Trump supporters really do think they're going to win. They're very confident. I wonder about Democrats, however, but listen, I don't think Democrats are purposefully sabotaging the post office either. I do question why they want mail-in voting so badly, considering all of the problems we keep seeing. But perhaps what's really going on is that Democrats thought mail-in voting would bolster youth voter turnout and voter turnout in general. They needed this. And that's according to several different, you know, um, financial and economic analyses of the 2020 election. A massive voter turnout is good news for Democrats. A low turnout is bad for Democrats. Because of COVID, they saw the opportunity. Universal mail-in voting. That's what Nancy Pelosi asked for. Then once the problems started happening with the Democratic primaries, they're starting to look like morons. And now they have no choice but to double down and say, well, the, 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 pro- the problems are because of Donald Trump. It's, it's, it's his fault. I don't care. You advocated for this. I don't play conspiracy games. If you want to argue that Trump is doing it on purpose, show me the proof or don't. If you want to argue Trump supporters are stealing mail trucks, show me proof as an actual Trump supporter stealing a mail truck. A dude towing a vehicle is nothing. It's not proof of anything. It happens all of the time.
is a conservative radio host, Mark Levin, slammed journalists as liars for a lack of reporting on cases in which mail-in ballots cause disruptions during elections. Let me give the media some evidence from the media, Levin said on Sunday before rattling off cases in which mail-in ballots caused voting disruption. Here's a piece in Just the News. Half a million, half a million by my calculation, that's 500,000 incorrect absentee ballot applications sent across Virginia, including two dead people. Look at this one. Nevada sent more than 200,000 mail and primary ballots to the wrong addresses. Wow. Yes, my friends, there are serious problems with mail-in voting. No, I think it's silly to absurd. Trump is planning some grand conspiracy to hobble the post office. And it is ridiculous beyond all recognition to claim that, that Trump supporters are going around stealing mail trucks. That to me is quite the impressive leap. Absolutely the impressive leap to do so. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not here to rat, rat, rag on mail-in voting. I do that a lot. My point is I am tired of the mainstream media calling every single thing on the right a conspiracy theory and ignoring the fact that they do literally the same thing. But they don't want to look bad. They're trying to gain political power. And, and conservatives are too. Both sides are fighting an ideological war. It's a culture war. It's a propagandistic war. But when you have New York Times, Washington Post, and these mainstream news outlets that refuse to acknowledge the faults of their own side, they're not honest, then people lose trust in your outlets and you push them into alternative news outlets, which often have less credibility or less uh, ability. Now, mind you, you get a mixed bag when it comes to independent news. Some are really, really good. And yes, many are really, really bad. I don't blame people for trusting who they trust because the media has failed them. And this is another example of it. I got one more segment coming up in just a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. The Young Turks have been denied press passes to the Democratic National Convention. And that says a lot. I'm going to start by saying, well, first of all, most of you know the Young Turks, Cenk Uger. It's the progressive you know, YouTube channel and, and network. Let me just say this, man. They never wanted the progressives. They don't want to entertain any progressive ideas. They hated Bernie Sanders. They don't want to give up the party. And the best bet the progressives have moving forward is to support Donald Trump. There I said it. And this is your proof. The moment they get into office, they will marginalize, strip and kick to the side all populists, right and left included. If Donald Trump wins and keeps the establishment out of power, the progressives actually have a chance of getting into office congressionally in the Senate. And yes, maybe even in the White House. But the Democrats and the establishment politicians, the never Trump Republicans are fighting tooth and nail to regain control. They want to crush Trump and the populist right. And they're doing it to the to the populist left. And this is annoying to me because young Turks, man, I know you guys rag on the establishment all the time. I, I love it when you do. I know we have our disagreements. I certainly think you should be granted your press passes being a very prominent news outlet. This to me reeks of bias. They do not want the Young Turks to be mainstreamed. They do not want these progressives to get access the same as they don't want the populists. Now, for all the time the progressives have spent with Trump derangement syndrome ragging on Trump, you, I, I believe you will come to regret it. Because while Trump may be the antithesis of what you want, at least there is a conversation to be had among populists about what people actually want. 
Too many progressives adopted the establishment's position of Trump bad and Trump derangement syndrome, and now it will backfire on you. Here's the story from Heavy. The Young Turks email says DNC denied them passes to the convention. For those that haven't been watching the uh, other other shows, I am uh, uh, stuck here in a massive thunderstorm, so I apologize for that. Bear with me. Maybe, maybe many of you enjoy the sound of the thunderstorm, but let's read the news. In an email that's going viral online, the Young Turks told subscribers that Democrats had denied them press passes to the Democratic National Convention taking place later this month. The Young Turks is an online news show that focuses on social and progressive issues. Jenk Uger is the co-creator and host of TYT, which is the longest running online political talk show in the U.S. Milwaukee, where the convention is being held, has a 225 person limit on people meeting in one place. The convention is now being now being held mostly online. Joe Biden, other speakers and the DNC delegates are not attending the convention in person. They will all be attending virtually and Biden will speak from Delaware. TYT said in an email that the DNC told them there wasn't enough room at the convention. I don't buy the excuse. I don't. The Young Turks has a large platform. You make room. The reality is they're going to make room for small outlets. I guarantee it. I've seen it before. We're seeing it now. The news about the press pass wasn't shared by we, uh, by Uger during an online uh, wasn't shared online or the sh- uh, on the show or on the Young Turks social media accounts. Rather, a number of TYT subscribers have said that they received an email about TYT being denied a press pass. Here's a screenshot of the email that's being shared on social media. It says, dear TYT fans, did you hear the news? The Democratic Party has denied us press passes at this year's DNC. It's fairly stunning for a party that claims to be inclusive to deny us media credentials just because TYT isn't 100% aligned with their interests. We're a progressive media outlet dedicated to exposing the truth about what's happening in this country. We're also one of the top five networks and have a massive politically engaged following beating most cable news shows in total views and engagement. Yet the DNC says there's not enough room for us at the convention. So who are they making room for? You know what, man? I'm sorry. You supported the establishment. I know not completely, but you sided with them in their attacks on Donald Trump when you shouldn't have. If the progressives aligned at least with the populist, just the word populist, and said, you guys are fake news. Trump's right. You're fake news. The establishment would have been crushed. The only reason they've survived this long is because of the Young Turks, because of progressive commentary that decided to focus their attacks on Donald Trump instead of the establishment. Trump had them routed and on the run and the progressives lined up next to them. Although they disagreed, the combined forces targeting Trump allowed regular people to maintain their position in support of the Democratic establishment. Think about what would have happened if after Donald Trump won, each and every one of these progressives said, F-U-D-N-C, we will never, never support you. And we would rather see Trump win than you ever gain power. Every single one of these progressives standing opposed to the DNC and refusing to provide the, the, the arrows, the rocks to sling over at Trump's direction. I know the progressives attack the Democratic establishment often. Many of them do a great job of it. We disagree on politics. We argue with each other. They're critical of me, me sometimes. I'm totally OK with it. What I'm not OK with is you could be targeting the establishment. I don't spend a lot of my time complaining about the Young Turks. You know why? They are not the establishment. There have been some segments I've done when I see hypocrisy from large networks, for sure. But for the most part, 
They could have said, you know what? We don't like Trump. We don't like his supporters. However, as long as you're throwing, you know, figurative rocks towards the establishment, so will we. That would have been the end. And come 2020, what would have happened? There would have been only room for a progressive candidate. Instead, the establishment was given at least some defense. So regular people heard the narrative, orange man bad. Imagine if the entire narrative was just Democrat bad. And, I, and there are progressives that rag on Democrats all the time. Okay, you got Jimmy Dore. Jimmy's awesome. I'm sure we disagree a whole lot, but I think he's a good dude. I just disagree. And that's okay. And he rags on the Democrats a whole lot. Good. Because the Democratic establishment has teamed up with the establishment Republicans. And this is what happens. They're giving you the boot, dude. At least now, I think this close to the election, we will start seeing the progressive onslaught. They don't like Kamala Harris and they don't like this. They, they read the email. Let's read more. The link is being shared on Reddit. On social media, some people expressed outrage at the DNC, but others said they were already unhappy with TYT, claiming Uger has been more centrist leaning of late. A Facebook page called Progressive Resistance Media wrote, will this be enough to get Jenk Uger to wake up out of his centrist leaning nonsense? I, I, I don't care for the arguments about centrism because I don't think I don't think the far left knows what it is. But I do think there's a, there's a similar sentiment to what I just expressed. When people are complaining about Biden, I'm sorry, when they're complaining about Uger being centrist, I would actually assume what they're really saying is basically what I said. They're defending the corporate Dems too much. Stop it. I don't care for them. It is it is, it is really tough. I got to be honest. It is it is tough. And I'll, I'll accept the criticism that I've gone a bit back and forth on whether it's better to have an establishment Democrat versus a far left. It is it is challenging. There have been a couple instances where, where I've said I would rather the progressive upstart who actually believes what they say beat the incumbent corporate Dem, because at least you get a fresh start and a real argument. I've also said, however, the far left is going too far. I think the reality of what I'm trying to get to is that we need left leaning, rather moderate populist candidates who understand the orange man has his faults and he's bad, but he's not that bad. And the Democratic establishment should not be allowed to regain power. Some of the emails being shared originated from Brent Welder's tweet below, but Heavy has also seen it shared from other sources too. The email did not specify if TYT was only denied an in-person press pass versus a digital press pass, <laughs> or if virtual press passes even exist. What? Well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why would you need one? It's not clear how many members of the press received press passes for in-person attendance. Don Ford, a Democratic strategist, told Heavy, that he thinks the email and subsequent outrage expressed online is making a bigger deal out of the press pass denial than is warranted. Ford wrote, to be honest, I'm a little confused by the outrage. Most media agencies started getting trimmed months ago as the convention has slimmed down due to our federal government's failure to manage COVID outbreaks. Now the convention is down to less than 300 people and there won't be the social interactions that we might normally have due to the pandemic. I am unsure what kind of access they would get being there in person but I assume by the time the convention actually happens, most, if not all, the speeches will be given remotely. I'm disappointed as well that we can't hold an actual convention. But in 2020, there is no real event to gain access to that will be any different than what we see online. You know what? The Democrats love there's not going to be a convention because they knew how much people would protest it. I'm not kidding. In 2016, very few people protested Donald Trump at the RNC and thousand, a thousand to two thousand people protested the DNC. And that would have made the Democrats look bad. And they don't want it. They're happy about this. And it's probably part of the reason they don't want the Young Turks to have a press pass to the convention. 
While it's true, many of the speeches will be given remotely. So I don't think a press pass is as important. Access to the establishment players and the people on the ground is extremely important for somebody trying to, to talk about what they believe and spread information. I am not a big fan of the Young Turks. I don't watch them. They've insulted me in the past. And Cenk Uger snapped in my face. But I, but I, I believe the, the main issue here, first and foremost, if they want to deny you, well, you know what, man, they deny you. But I believe the bigger issue is that they used you. They used your platform. You gave them the ammunition against Trump. You, you, you pointed the finger against Trump and it helped the establishment and the and Democrats and Republicans. And if that helps them win, well, then it'll be your fault because they will they will crush the progressive movement the moment they claim power. How many times do you have to warn the left that these things they advocate for will backfire on them? The Democrats don't get it either. But here it is. Now the Young Turks kicked out. Well, that's too bad. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.